0: I am Natalia Abrams with the Student Debt Crisis Center, and this is the SDCC takeover of the Leslie Marshall Show. And as Leslie likes to say, not a hostile takeover, a friendly takeover. So today we're here to discuss everything that's going on following the Supreme Court decision that struck down President Biden's student debt cancellation plan, Spoiler alert, it's not over yet. We're also going to share new opportunities on how to take action so you can continue to support debt cancellation, the latest policy updates, programs, everything you need to know as a student loan borrower. Again, I'm Natalia Abrams, and I am the the president of Student Debt Crisis Center. And I am joined by Cody Hunanian, our executive director, and SDCC's managing director, Sabrina Kaladans. Hello, Cody and Sabrina. How are you today?
1: Uh, I'm doing great. Thank you so much uh, for hosting this show again and we're thrilled to be here.
2: It's always a pleasure to be here. And I feel like every time we're here, there's always so many new updates. So we're definitely gonna dive into many of those today.
0: Absolutely. We were actually just talking about this as we were getting ready for the show, but you know, we come to you monthly, once a month, and it's just incredible how many Updates have are happening month to month. Um, so, just a refresher on Student Debt Crisis Center. You know, it is our goal to center the needs and voices of student loan borrowers by partnering with allies to uh, allies, the lawmakers, the media, to impact po- public policy and once and for all end the student debt crisis. If you want to learn more about the work we do at Student Debt Crisis Center or read through very critical, important student loan borrower stories, you can visit our website at studentdebtcrisis.org or find us on social media, all channels, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram are at debtcrisis.org. So we have a lot to discuss today, but for folks who may have missed last month's show, Cody, can you bring us up to speed on what's been going on with student debt?
1: Yeah, well, I guess we should start with what we were feeling heading into last month's uh, Supreme Court decision. Uh, You know, for those that have been tracking this movement or you're just hearing about today, we have been for several years now building a movement that laid out a very compelling case for why the president has the legal authority to cancel student loan debt. And just like you said, Natalia, we have been driven by these stories and echoing the voices of everyday people to impact policy. And we, through that organizing and grassroots work, convinced the president to take action using that legal authority. Unfortunately, whenever a president takes a big, bold executive action, there are going to be opponents who want to challenge it in court. And that's what we found with the student debt case. Uh, So going into the end of last month, we had two cases presented to the Supreme Court, and it was our and many other advocates very sincere and honest impression that not only did the president have the legal authority, but that the plaintiffs who brought these cases didn't have what's called standing. Essentially, they didn't have enough harm or reason to bring a case to the Supreme Court in the first place. We and wanted, yeah.
0: Sorry to interrupt, C- Cody, but let's yeah. be clear. It wasn't just advocates that were on our side. Independent attorneys agreed that this was completely legal, right? Right. Oh, attorneys, Harvard Law School.
1: uh, I mean, so many experts that are way above my pay grade uh, 100 percent agreed with the the president. So, uh, again, it was a compelling case that the administration was making.
0: Yeah. And and in fact, uh, we saw when and we'll get to this, the ruling. But when the president came out, he said that the Supreme Court got it wrong and yep. they got it wrong on affirmative action and they got it wrong on the 303 case that it impacts lgbtq so you know you can't think they got it right on one thing and wrong on the others they're just a a court that makes the wrong decisions right now unfortunately
1: yeah i mean the court is rogue and it's not just that they got it wrong legally they got it wrong in the sense that the majority of americans support student debt cancellation and this plan that the president proposed was incredibly popular. We had 26 million people apply for this relief within just a few weeks. And we had 16 million people already get approved. Uh, So, you know, the machine was moving full steam ahead because Americans really do support this. And the Supreme Court is essentially at odds, not just with the law, but with the American public as well.
0: Well, thank you for this recap. Um, you know, since we were last here, I think many of folks that are listening in and definitely student loan borrowers know that the Supreme Court ruled against student debt cancellation. As Cody was talking about, there were two cases. In one case, they completely agreed with us that the, they lacked sc- standing. This was Brown versus the Department of Education. But unfortunately, with the other case, that's the uh, the Missouri case, correct, or the Nebraska case. I'm sorry, Cody, I'm getting a little up. Thank you. Multiple states. Yeah, multiple states, but called the Nebraska case. That one, unfortunately, they ruled against. Um, And Cody, Sabrina, what was the ruling from SCOTUS? Cody, I'll give it to you again. Well, I'll just start with a really important detail. The
1: Supreme Court ruled that this plan that the president proposed by itself was illegal. And it only applied to this plan and the legal authority that the president was leveraging for this plan called the HEROES Act. But it did not touch any of the other avenues in which the president does have power to cancel student loan debt. And that's left the door open for the work that we are continuing to do. And I'm sure we'll talk about that in more detail.
0: Yeah. And Sabrina, I know that you are a student loan borrower yourself, but you also work so much with the student loan borrowers that come to us at Student Debt Crisis. First off, how are you feeling as both a borrower and an advocate with the recent decision?
2: Yeah, I know that as an advocate, the month of June felt like an eternity. It felt like we were never <laughs> going to get to the day we had to wait until the last day of the Supreme Court term to find out the decision. Oh my gosh, and so
0: every decision every day, day was <laughs> just nuts. <laughs> it was tough,
2: very <laughs> tough. And so I know that we all struggled with that, but as a borrower myself, you know, thinking about what that meant for my future was also in the back of my mind at the same time. And I even like forgot for a second that I was in D.C. on the day of um, the decision and being able to go to the Supreme Court and and gather there with other folks and talk about how we were being impacted by this unjust decision. I think it was great for me to be there with folks, but I know that people back home and so many other people across the country felt isolated that day and, and felt like you know, this is a decision that was going to really harm their futures. But as you said earlier, Natalia, this is not the end of the road. And there is still hope ahead for student debt cancellation and for relief for borrowers.
0: Can you expand a little on that alone feeling that borrowers are having?
2: Yeah, I think the issue of student debt often feels like an individual issue Mm -hmm. where it's just you and your student debt versus the world. And I think there's this Um, Guilt and shame that we associate with student debt. I shouldn't have gone to school or this is too much debt or, you know, things like that is often what I hear from borrowers. But this is a systemic issue. This is not just an individual issue. It's something that affects millions of us. And so we have to look at it as a systemic issue, as a crisis, and we have to address it as such. Um, But I want borrowers to know that they're not alone. There are millions of us across the country and we're fighting And I know that we released a petition as soon as the decision was released, calling on the president to um, take any action um, necessary to cancel student debt. And I know that the president came out on that day already in support of a plan B and has really stood firm in that he is seeking student debt cancellation and relief for borrowers. And so I think that has been hopeful um, for me as a borrower and as an advocate, of course, we're going to keep fighting because that's what we do.
0: Uh, Very well said, and you know, a great reminder, we have 45 million borrowers, you know, that you're absolutely not alone. One of the interesting statistics that I've always found um, enlightening is that we have as many student loan borrowers as we did that were uninsured with healthcare before the ACA was passed. And think of how much effort and how many organizations were put into getting the ACA. I would say, you know, what brings me hope because I've been asked this question a lot is how many organizations have come to care and put work into the issue of student debt during the COVID pandemic? And so, you know, we went from really five groups that were working hard on this issue 10 years ago to over 500 groups that are in support of debt cancellation. And there is still hope when uh, we're going to get into this more, but quickly, Cody. Um, You know, if you want to just mention the HEA and then we'll talk about it on the other side of the break.
1: Yeah, well, what we're going to hear on the next segment is that the president is pursuing student debt cancellation using power in the Higher Education Act. And this is actually one of the few times that the public can speak directly with policymakers to support debt cancellation. So I'm really excited to get into that in the next few minutes.
0: Great. We're going to talk about how you can take action and what HEA Higher Education Act means um, when we come back from our break. Thank you so much, and we will be right back. If you miss Leslie on TV this week, catch up at LeslieMarshallShow.com.
1: Back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Cody Hunanian at the Student Debt Crisis Center, and I'm joined by fabulous leaders from our team, Natalia Abrams and Sabrina Calizans. Uh, We are doing our monthly takeover of the Leslie Marshall Show, discussing recent developments in the student debt space. And funny enough, every time we take over the show, there is a ton of developments to talk about. So really excited to dive into this again. Um, In the last segment, we started to introduce the HEA, the Higher Education Act, and what this means for the continued fight uh, for student debt cancellation. Uh, So I guess let me throw this over to you, Natalia. Again, what is HEA? Is debt cancellation still on the table? You know, where are we at in this fight and our movement?
0: Uh, So, yes, the fight is not over. I said this at the top of the hour. We are going to keep saying this. um, you know, there is something going on. So there's the Higher Education Act. um, And through that process and with the Department of Education, there is something called negotiated rulemaking, shorthand, NEGREG, and also included in that is public comment. So right now, until tomorrow, you can send in written public comment to the Department of of Education under regulations.gov. You can go there or you can go to our social media channels and see the links to be able to submit public comment. This is where you get to tell the department exactly how important debt cancellation is to you, how much you want. We keep telling people to use ten to twenty thousand. the President Biden's initial plan as the floor, not the ceiling. This is where, you know, ask for what you need and let them know how much this pandemic pause has helped you and how harmful student debt uh, being turned on will, will, will hurt. This is really your chance to speak up. And in addition to that, yesterday there was a virtual hearing where people were able to show up for public comment Uh, Cody and Sabrina from our team gave really compelling public comment. And I don't know if this is the first time, but this is the first time I ever noticed a president of the United States tweeting out and giving a lot of energy to the public comment space. So, you know, uh, just uh, earlier today, or I believe yesterday, the president uh, tweeted that they held a hearing Um, that we are on our path forward on student debt relief. A key step to get relief is to get as many borrowers as possible, as quickly as possible to get them relief. And the president said, I am not backing down. We will do everything we can to help hardworking Americans get a little bit of breathing room. And look, we understand that you are deeply frustrated by the SCOTUS announcement. It's hard to have faith right now, but... This is when we can't give up, right? This is when if we give up, we get rolled over. And there is a really great chance that we could see that cancellation sometime next year, especially with folks speaking up right now. Yeah, uh, I 100 percent
1: agree. And funny enough, I've been doing this for so many years. Something like negotiated rulemaking is usually a bore. Most folks don't ever hear about this stuff that happens behind the scenes. So for the president to come out and tweet and tell the American public about this kind of wonky bureaucratic process it just goes to show you like the full force of this administration of advocates of the American public is behind this. It's, it's very cool. Uh, Sabrina, I know you were part of the public virtual hearing yesterday. You got to submit a comment. You know, you got to look at Department of Education officials directly in the face and share your experience and story. Can you tell me about, you know, what that felt like, what you shared with them and, you know, maybe how it felt to be heard uh, in this process?
2: Yeah, I think as you said, it's a very like strange process. It's very like you get on there and they they call your name and then you just kind of share, you have four minutes to share. So I got on there. Right, and they I'm don't so, say
0: anything back to you, right? You know, it's no, just they're like,
2: you talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just say, thank you for your comments and your done and that's it. <laughs> and if they have to cut you off, they will. Um, but I, I got to just talk about how it is going to impact me on a personal level, me and my family and what that means for us and how The resuming of payments without student debt cancellation is something that is going to affect um, me, my family, and so many millions of borrowers. Um, And I think for me, it's just the importance of getting my voice out and the voices of so many folks. I mean, that is the core mission of our organization, to amplify borrower voices and needs. And so... Um, It may seem insignificant when you're on there and you're just sharing your story, but it really isn't. Um, We know that thousands of folks have already shared their voice and their story, and it really does make a difference. I don't think we would have ever reached how many payment pauses we got if it wasn't through the stories that we collected and shared with the White House, with the Department of Education, and been able to, you know, create Um, so much change without the voices of borrowers. It's what keeps us us going. It's what keeps the movement moving forward. And so being able to share my story was really valuable. Um, And and I really appreciate any chance that I get to make my voice heard in the voices of so many others.
0: You know, Sabrina, I know you felt really disheartened and sad about the Supreme Court decision. You know, we talk every day on this. Did making, did giving public comment help with that?
2: Yeah, I think it was very tough after the Supreme Court decision, not just as a borrower, of course, like as a borrower, it was was heartbreaking, but as an advocate, I felt at a certain point like I had let people down or, you you know, all of those thoughts that we get, but I know that that's not the case. We did all that we could it was the Supreme Court that made that unjust decision, It, you know, that was out of our control, unfortunately. Um, but we continue moving on. And we have the second chance, we have a plan B, we have this negotiated rulemaking process and public comment. So why not take advantage of that? So for me, it felt like this is my chance to really go in there, make a difference and, and do all that I can to really advocate um, on behalf of myself and for borrowers. And so I think that was like a, re- a moment of redemption for me and I was glad to be able to participate.
0: <laughs> so hear that is, you know, the chance for virtual public comments over, but you still have until the end of the day tomorrow to do written comment. And that's a way to feel empowered or take that power back from the way we all felt a couple of weeks ago when we felt we lost it. So, I think that's really important. Again, that's regulations.gov if you want to go submit a comment before the end of the day tomorrow.
1: Yeah. And I highly encourage people to. I, I saw public comments this morning. Uh, Amy in North Carolina said that she's a single mother raising two kids, worries and stresses every day about student loan debt and how she's going to repay them back because it would impact her family. You know, this would have a detrimental impact on her family. And so Amy's just one of those everyday people, a mom who said, I'm gonna use this opportunity to have my voice heard, and it is going to make a difference. So anyone with any story or as an ally to this movement, now is the time to really speak up. It's, uh, it really will make a difference.
0: And there, Cody, there, this wasn't the only thing the president announced. I know we have to go to break soon, but do you wanna discuss what we're gonna talk about in the next segment?
1: Yeah. So coming up next, we're going to talk about a new repayment plan for student loan borrowers. And this is something that would offer lower monthly payments for those that make low income. So uh, a little bit of what already exists in the system, fixing the broken system, but still really powerful stuff for everyday people. So we'll dive into that. Uh, Also, there's an account adjustment that's going to help get people to loan forgiveness faster and uh, a couple of other updates to the system. So stay with us. This is Cody at the Student Debt Crisis Center, part of our Takeover, the Leslie Marshall show. And we will be back right after this break.
0: Follow Leslie on Twitter. Just go to www.twitter.com slash Leslie Marshall, and we'll be sure to share your tweets. Back to the Leslie Marshall show. I'm Natalia Abrams, joined again by Cody Hunanian and Sabrina Kalazan from we are from Student Debt Crisis Center. Uh, you you know, if you'd like to follow us or learn more about Student Debt Crisis Center, you can visit our website at studentdebtcrisis.org or follow us on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram at <clears throat> excuse me, at @debtcrisis.org. And before the break, we were discussing the continued fight for student debt cancellation. Um, But now we want to get to more of what the president announced uh, a couple of weeks ago. But before we do that, there was some big breaking news on Friday. I'm going to throw that to you, Cody, first to discuss this. It's all so wonky, but this one-time income-driven repayment account adjustment. But Cody, why did 800,000 borrowers receive almost $40 billion in forgiveness on Friday?
1: Yeah, we should definitely start with that top line number because that's the good news, right? 800,000 people had their student loans erased. Uh, Let me set the picture for you. Imagine you're a borrower and you're struggling to make your student loan payments. The government has assigned you this company that's responsible Mm -hmm. for helping you. You get on the phone, you call them for help, and instead what they do is they rush you into some alternative program that in the long term will actually harm you. That is what borrowers have been facing for years. So there is this population of borrowers who've been paying for decades, decades, they've been paying their student loans, and they could have had their student loans forgiven, except for the fact that their student loan servicing company assigned them to the wrong repayment option that disqualify them. So the Biden administration has said, we're gonna look back, we're gonna uh, adjust people's accounts. And that means that hundreds of thousands of pe- people are gonna have their loans forgiven because they already met the 20 or 25 year threshold. And many other people are gonna be closer to forgiveness uh, because we're gonna add credits to their account essentially.
0: And from what I've seen and read, this is you know a program that benefits folks with older loans. It seemed like uh, one of the reports I read that the youngest person was forty-one, forty-two that received this. Um, I want to shout out my friend Ellie who received full forgiveness. Um, and part of that is because when we met a decade ago, he got on an income driven repayment plan. Uh, it's really always the best emails and the best text calls that we receive is when people get their debt canceled. And this is not the only way that we've been seeing big buckets of debt be canceled. We also saw this last year with the public service loan forgiveness waiver. Um, and there's more to come too with this IDR adjustment, right? Like, not some people received or 800,000 people received full relief, but people will see their accounts. Uh, adjusted correct, even if they didn't, didn't get the full debt relief.
1: Yeah. This time next year, there's going to be many more borrowers who are closer to forgiveness. And I'm glad that you brought this up, Natalia, both of these programs that provide relief, just as a reminder that debt relief, forgiveness, cancellation, whatever you want to call it, is part of the healthy operation of the existing system. It's all built in. So the idea that we would cancel student loan debt as being something that's controversial it's not. It's part of the functioning of a healthy, you know, kind of financial system. And that is how our student loan system is designed, except it's failed hundreds of thousands or millions of people over the last few decades. So this is all part of fixing that and providing relief to people who should have received it from the get-go.
0: Well, this goes all the way back to HEA. I mean, this was written into the Higher Education Act under President Johnson, we're talking you know decades ago, where they said that the President and the Secretary of Education has the right to waive, cancel, and modify payments. That was always a part of the system. You're absolutely right. So another point, um, and actually, Sabrina, I'll throw this to you, you know, is public service loan forgiveness, the IDR adjustment, are these impacted by the Supreme Court decision?
2: No, so a lot of folks have been writing to us and asking is the decision of the Supreme Court going to stop my public service loan forgiveness or any other chance of me benefiting from the IDR adjustment? And the answer is no. These are a separate part of a plan from the president. This is not included in the student debt cancellation plan that the president had proposed. So there is hope for folks to get cancellation through other means such as PSLF and IDR. So that is separate. Folks do not have to worry about those two intertwining.
0: Amazing. So if you're a student loan borrower, especially if you're somebody that's been borrowing for 20 years or more, and you received an email from the Department of Education last Friday, that is absolutely real. And Sabrina, you're right. We've been getting a lot of people saying, is this real? Or are they going to take this away? Completely separate and untouchable to that Supreme Court decision. Oh, there's so much to cover, but there's also something else that was announced during um, when the president came out. There is the SAVE plan and also this one year on ramp. Cody, let's start with the SAVE plan. What is it? And how does it help borrowers?
1: Yeah, well, the SAVE plan is a new, what we call an income driven repayment plan or an IDR plan. And essentially what these plans offer borrowers who have federal student loans with the government is that they can lower their monthly payment based on their income and their family size. And this can mean that someone who's very low income has a monthly payment of as low as zero dollars. This is a lifeline that allows people who are struggling to afford their student loans to not be completely crushed under the burden of a debt that the government essentially has offered them. So this new plan, the way it works is one, the formula that calculates your monthly payment uh, will um, allow for you to make a higher income and still receive the benefits of a lower payment. That is really important right now with things like inflation and um, you know higher cost of living in certain communities that maybe have higher income but it's not commiserate with the cost of living. This will make it way more beneficial for those folks. Uh, the plan also would uh, lower the monthly payment that a borrower is expected to pay from 10% of their discretionary income to 5%. Just to simplify it, that means many borrowers will have their payments cut in half from what, that, what they're offered today. Uh, and so this is going to be huge for those that still have student loan payments, um, even if we secured student debt cancellation for many others.
0: Yeah. And that, let's be clear, though, that Bar, the payments cut in half. That does not start right away, correct?
1: Correct. There's several phases okay. going on here. Step one is going to be, you know, some other kind of uh, important details like addressing accrued interest, so borrowers aren't seeing their month their monthly excuse me their balance on their loans increase even when they're making payments in this program. Uh, this time next year is when we'll start to see the, the full benefits of this program, where the lower monthly payments will be available
0: to folks. And uh, Sabrina, pop quiz, does uh, the save program and income-driven repayment, is that a good substitute for student debt
2: cancellation? It is not. The (laughs) plan is a, you know, it's a good plan, right, in theory, but student debt cancellation, you believe, is the best um, sort of relief for borrowers. And um, Cody, I'm not sure if you've talked about this, but are Parent PLUS loans included or eligible for the Safe plan? That is a question that we're seeing a lot of um, from, from borrowers.
1: Yeah, so, so many borrowers feel like these programs are not um, helpful to parents. Um, you know, I, I can say as an advocate, whenever we're reforming this system, we are speaking on behalf of parents as well. I want to make it very clear. So we are constantly advocating on behalf of parents. Uh, You know, my advice for folks, go to studentaid.gov. This is the Department of Education's website. You can learn all the information that's publicly available available about the program there. And Natalia mentioned it. We're going to get emails and communications from the Department of Ed and our student loan servicers if we are a borrower. Keep your radar on. There's going to be updates coming all the time over the next few months and the next year. And that's the best way to stay up to date and to find out all the details about these programs.
0: And Sabrina, I believe parents may need to consolidate if they have an older loan. Um, However, whenever, you know, we get this all the time that the term student loans, which we all use to talk about the entire federal student loan or student lending system includes Parent PLUS loans, includes graduate loans. We are fighting on behalf of all borrowers that took out education debt to go to college, trade schools, even you know those who graduated, those who didn't graduate. The word student debt. You know, I'm old enough to remember that we used to use the term educational debt, and I think sometimes that's a better term to be a catch-all for everyone that has this debt. Um, you know, as we said, there's still so much to discuss. We will when we come back. We're going to kind of finish up about these programs and discuss this 12-month on-ramp that has also been announced by the uh, president. All of these announcements came on Friday um, after the Supreme Court decision. And I want to say that, as Sabrina was saying, this advocates pushed to get where we are now and advocates pushed for a plan B. So after the break, we're going to talk more about these programs and also hopefully give you a little bit of hope. So we will be back after this short break. I'm Natalia Abrams, and this is the SDCC takeover of The Leslie Marshall Show.
1: Welcome back. This is the Leslie Marshall Show. I am Cody Hunanian from the Student Debt Crisis Center. I have my colleagues Natalia Abrams and Sabrina Kalazan. We are talking about student debt. Uh, So why don't we jump back in? There's another update. We are going through a list of recent changes and updates uh, for borrowers to track. And this is called the 12-month on-ramp, another thing the president announced in the wake of the Supreme Court's decision to block his initial student debt cancellation plan. Uh, so, Natalia, why don't I toss it to you? What, what is this program all about? What is it intended to do?
0: Oh, man, there's just so many updates. And just a quick refresher, there is the new save program, which you for those of you who used to be repay. So if you're in repay, you will be automatically put into save. And then for folks that are still struggling to pay, there the department is instituting a twelve month on on ramp to repayment running from October 1st to September 30th. And I just realized, let's be clear, what's going on right now is starting September 1st, interest will start accruing, and then your first payments are due in the month of October. This is what was decided in the debt ceiling negotiations from a few months ago. So that is codified into law. This is what's happening. That's why we're still fighting to cancel student debt. But with this on-ramp, it will go from October 1st of 2023, to September 30th of 2024. So that financially vulnerable borrowers who might miss monthly payments during this time, it will not, you won't be considered delinquent, it won't be reported to credit bureaus, you won't be placed into default or referred to debt collection agencies. That's a great thing. Uh, the other thing we know is if you have a direct loan, you shouldn't have what's called a capitalizing event, meaning changing or adding to your monthly payment, but. We just got so much information in the past couple of weeks, so we're still entangling some of this. What we do know is that if you are taking this 12 month on ramp alone without being in an income driven repayment program, you won't receive credits for public service loan forgiveness and income driven repayment. This is a key point because during the pandemic, when you've had, we're on the pandemic pause you did receive credit, so we want to let borrowers know that if you are not making your monthly payment starting in October, or if you've lost your job, you can enroll in the SAVE program, pay zero dollars, and still be earning credits towards income-driven repayment. So that's just an important note. We know that many folks don't want to pay during this 12-month situation and also might not wanna pay out of principle, right? The president said that he was gonna cancel 10 or $20,000. It's really hard when they're still deciding through these HEA, NEGREG or negotiated rulemaking to make a payment you don't feel you have to make. We understand that, we support that, but we just wanna make sure that you safeguard yourself as much as possible so the pain doesn't get put onto you because you're trying to make a statement. So if you have lost your job, you've had a reduction in hours, you are at, you know, what would be considered a $0 monthly payment, enroll in the SAVE program and then don't pay, but just make sure to safeguard yourself. If you're confused about that, and want to take a strong stance. I'll also shout out another org, um, the Debt Collective. They work very hard on a uh, student debt strike. If that's your cup of tea and what you want to do, we highly suggest checking out how they do that um, or contacting us on how best to safeguard yourself while still making a statement. But we at Student Debt Crisis Center always want to put borrowers front and center and make sure that while we're working to change the laws, you don't accrue additional harm that you don't need. All right, so
1: that's the on-ramp. Let's go through the alphabet soup we've discussed on today's show. So, Because <laughs> it's hard, it's hard tracking yeah, what yeah, happens yeah. with the it's government. Yeah, it's so much. So we Look, we're with-
0: confused to our audience. <laughs> we get confused. I've been doing this for well over a decade now. I keep saying that, but it's been like 13 years and it still can be very confusing.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. So we started with HEA and NEGREG. That is the process in which borrowers can take action to support student debt cancellation. We pivoted. We talked about the SAVE program, which is how you can lower your monthly payments uh, when payments restart. And then we talked about the IDR adjustment, which helps people get closer to loan forgiveness if they have been misled by their loan servicer. And then we just ended here with the on-ramp for folks who are struggling to get back on their feet uh, when payments restart. So now the big question is, and I'm gonna toss this to Sabrina, where do we go from here?
2: So we're, as advocates, we're gonna continue fighting. Um, we <laughs> That's what we do. As I said, we're stubborn, we don't give up. Um, <laughs> so at, at SCCC, um, we're actually working with our Free the Degree Coalition and we're, bringing together um, a group of young leaders from across the country and we are just really going to put our brains together and just you know talk about what does this mean moving forward talk through you know what has happened how we're feeling because I feel like that is really important to just discuss like in the moment what's going on and then you know discuss how do we move forward and start to prep um, for things ahead this movement consists of a lot of small battles and 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 it's you know it's a fight. Every day is a fight. We, we have to make sure that we're, you know, ready for the long haul. Um, and that's what we're gonna do. And so I'm, I'm really excited to get to meet everyone, you know, in person and to just see all of the incredible work that's going on. There's folks that are coming from, you know, Howard University, folks from Oregon, from Arizona, from, you know, just so many different places. And so I'm excited to see all of the work that's being done. And it's inspiring to me to see folks of all ages, you know, trying to get involved um, in this movement. We hear from folks via email, on social, people who send letters, who call. And so for for me to see so many people still supporting us and continuing in this fight is is huge. And I know that our movement and the, the fight to cancel student debt, it's not going away anytime soon.
0: I'm really glad you brought up the Free the Degree Summit, Sabrina, because one thing when I first started working in this space was it seemed like college students only wanted to work on free college or debt-free college, you know, the cost of college. And through, again, through the pandemic, one of the big groups that have been, that have come on to help us have been all these student groups. You know, people in college are now very aware of their student debt. And what this, our Free the Degree Coalition came to be by colleges, Uh, student governments passing resolutions to support debt cancellation. And we found all those college leaders and brought them together. And I agree, I can't wait. And it gives me a lot of hope to go into this in-depth planning session with leaders across the country on how we can solve this crisis. Because I firmly believe that you need college students to help you win movements or win issues. And also another thing you said that was so great, it is just a battle with the Supreme court. We lost one battle, but we have, the war is so far from over. It drove me nuts, everyone in the media that was saying now that student debt cancellation is over. And I was like, what are you talking about? The president just came out and said, we're doing plan B. Exactly.
1: Yeah, this fight continues. We have obviously all these new young leaders that are bringing fresh perspectives, but if you're not a student leader, a youth organizer, uh, you're you know just an everyday person out there What can you do to take action to be part of this public comment uh, period that we've been talking about?
0: Submit public comment. Let me say that again. Submit a public comment, uh, and the deadline is tomorrow. So this is something, if you're listening right now, please go to regulations.gov, or you can go to any of our social media accounts. and you will see the link to submit public comment. And we are at debtcrisis.org. Cody, how many people have already submitted comment through our uh, supporter list?
1: Yeah, 31,000 people have submitted a public comment in support of student debt cancellation, like unprecedented numbers.
0: That's a, I mean, I just remember, I think it was for um, the issue of full employment, another very important issue. But I think the total from all orgs was something like seven or 8,000. And we're just one org. So, you know, let's get to 50, 100,000 public comments. If everyone listening and everyone going to our social takes action, we can continue to increase those numbers. The numbers matter because it shows politically how much you know the public supports this issue of debt cancellation
2: i think this number is so inspiring because you would think that after a huge loss at the supreme Mm -hmm. court people would give up but the fact that people are still willing to fight and take action to me is the most like inspiring thing and and the fact that you know we have worked hard to really make this issue um a national issue and it really is and and so i'm really proud of, of borrowers for taking action and sharing their voices Need yeah, to. and I'm
0: proud of all borrowers and advocates for continuing the fight. You know, it was our goal before the pandemic just to have student debt recognized as a big impact issue. I will say the moment that the president came out last August and announced student debt cancellation, and internally we've been saying it's the student debt crisis 2.0. It's a whole new ball game with so many more organizations helping and so much more attention on this issue. We've won that battle, right? You know, so while we have feel like we've lost, we have won a lot too.
1: Great place to end it. Very optimistic. Thank you for tuning into the SDCC takeover of the Leslie Marshall Show. If you want to learn more about our org, visit www.studentdebtcrisis.org or follow us on social media at debtcrisis.org. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you.